Hi there, I'm your host, Lisa Shield. Welcome to Dating Without Drama, where I give you my unique take on everything related to men, love, dating, and romantic relationships. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. It is Lisa Shield, and it is great to see you all. I hope you're having a wonderful day. And I am so excited to talk to you about today's topic. We talk about being generous. And and of course, all of us are looking for generosity in a partner. We want someone who's going to be generous with us just as we're generous with them. And often we think about generosity uh, as sharing, you know, having a man who's willing to buy us dinner and take us on wonderful dates and a man who will come and pick us up and drop us off and who's thoughtful, a man who will come to our part of town. There's generosity with material goods and material things. But one of the things that I think is so important to look at is generosity of spirit. What does that mean? What does it mean? And I'd be interested to hear what it means, what generosity of spirit means to you. Are you generous of spirit? Are you generous of spirit? When you think about this, are you generous? Not just with the things you have. Are you generous with your time? Are you thoughtful about another person? So one of the things I realized was in order to create a loving, lasting partnership with a man, I needed to be willing not just to share the things I have, my money, my home and all, but I needed to share my heart, my soul, my spirit. And part of that was wanting what was best for this man, this man who was, I was inviting into my life, this man who I was wanting to make a partner. And so generosity of spirit for me really means that you want what's best for him. You want what's best for him and for the relationship between the two of you. So you're generous with your spirit spiritually you understand that there has to be room in this relationship for both of you to get your needs met. It might mean making time for a man, right? Giving him the space that he needs to do the things that he needs to do to nurture his spirit, his soul, and making room in your heart and in the relationship for that. Maybe there are things that you don't love doing but you do them with your partner because those are the things that he loves to do. So you're open to making room in a relationship with a man, you know, for a man to do the kinds of things that you both want to do and not just the things that are comfortable for you or not just expecting that a man will, you know, do the things you want to do but that you're just as interested in making sure that he gets his needs met, that he's able, you know, that you're willing to make some sacrifices and go and do the things with him that he wants to do as well. 
you know, I see a lot of women and I'll include myself in this for a long, long, long time when I was dating, I had my list of things that I knew I needed in a partner and that I was looking for from a man, but I never really stopped to think about what this man would be looking for from me. What were the things that he would be wanting? And I think for a long time, I thought that I had to get my needs met, right? That's what a man was there to do. He was going to meet my needs. And I never, you know, other than sex, I never really thought about on anything more than a superficial level. I never really thought about what men need from women or what a man would want from me other than sex. And I'm not talking about companionship and great conversation and all of those things are very, very important. But I started looking at the deeper things that a man would want from me, the deeper things that a man would be craving from me in a relationship. And what I thought about was, wow, if I could start to really articulate what those things were, and then I could give those things to a man, I could be unlike other women. I could be a superior woman, the kind of woman who really understands a man and what he would be going through in life and what he would be looking for in a partner. And so don't think I just got this all (laughs) like that. I didn't. I didn't. It was something I really had to open up to. But I let go of this idea that I had to get all of these things from a man. And I actually flipped it and I started to think, wow, you know, if I can really understand men at a deep level and I can understand what they need from me, if I can, you know, approach dating and love and men and relationships with this generosity of spirit, then I felt that I would draw in a partner who would then just naturally do those things for me. And I started to go on dates. I started to ask myself, what do men want from women? And how can I be the kind of woman who really understands what those things are? And I will tell you that this was really took some growing up on my part right? As women, or I know for myself, I think a lot of us women, we are deeply insecure about our physical appearance, about our beauty, about the fact that men are physically attracted to us. And so like any other woman, I had a lot of insecurity about those things. But I also knew that men are aging too, that they're getting older, that they're you know losing their hair, that they're not as toned as they used to be, or their sexual drive is going down. Just like we're changing, they're changing. And so I started to humanize this whole thing and stop, you know, idealizing or or looking at this in a perfectionist kind of way. And I started to realize that men are going through many of the same kinds of things that we're going through. They're feeling insecure. They're wondering if some hotshot was going to come straight out of college and be sharper or smarter than they are, be more educated, maybe 
whatever their job position is might be outdated or outmoded. They may, you know, be obsolete because things are changing so quickly. So men deal with a lot of insecurities that we don't realize. They're looking at being obsolete or losing their edge, just like we are as we age. And it's very important to understand that. It's important to be able to mirror a man's masculinity back to him and to help him continue to feel valid and relevant and important just as much as we want our guy to continue to tell us that we're beautiful. And as we age, that we still look great. My husband, I was just, uh, I just went into my husband's office today for a moment and he looked at me and he said, you look so beautiful today. And a few weeks ago, he looked at me and he said, you are so beautiful. And he said, I really want you to know that I find you beautiful. I don't want you to just think I'm saying that, you know, and that meant a lot to me. As a woman, it is very important to me to feel attractive, right? And I do the same for him. I let him know, you know, how hot he is. I let him know what a great body I think he has. He's nearing 70, but he's really fit. He's ripped. He's strong. He's handsome. And I tell him because I know that those things are important. And these aren't just throwaway things. We don't take them for granted. We know how important it is for us to articulate these things. So we have this generosity of spirit. We want to keep mirroring back to one another the things that we know are important to hear, right? Other things that I know are very, very important to men. It is important that my husband knows that I think that he is amazing at the work he does, that I think he's the best in the world. He loves hearing that from me. It's very important that, you know, especially during COVID, he wasn't able to work. It was really a tragedy for him because he is a body worker. He touches people and he had to completely shut his practice down overnight and he wasn't able to work. And this is a man who, you know, this is his calling and he wasn't able to work. And so I constantly reminded him how amazing he is. I wasn't just pumping him up. I mean, I really do believe these things. And the other thing that, you know, I know men need are women who listen without judging, women who listen without wanting to counsel or advise them or tell them what to do, but who are open to just sitting and holding space, a safe space for a man to share. And if he wants advice, he'll ask for it. If he doesn't want advice, then he won't. Sometimes a man just needs to talk. Something else that I know is very important to men is that we don't sit and process things too much. If a man shares something vulnerable, he doesn't necessarily want to sit and process it or even analyze it. It's okay to say, is there anything that you need from me? Is there anything I can do for you? And then let him tell you, but not start trying to fix it for him. 
not start thinking that just because he shared something with you that he then wants to, to talk about his feelings and whatever. Sometimes with men, it's just enough that they share something. And generosity of spirit is really knowing how to receive a man. Male vulnerability is very different than female vulnerability. It looks different. It sounds different. And, you know, with women, when we share, when we're vulnerable, we want to talk about it. We want to process it. We want to analyze it. For the most part, it's not like we just want to get it out and like, okay, I did it. I got it out. I'm done. Right. Enough said. All right. That's handled. Let's move on. That would be a guy, right? And then he may not even want to go back there for a long time, or he may actually need to just do something light and uh, not sit and process or talk about anything heavy. And that could, you know, women think, oh my God, he opened up to me. Now we're closer. And then they want to have that intensity and those deep conversations and they want to keep going at that level. And for a lot of men, that's enough. Like, and that's going to last a while. And they love women who can understand that and then give them breathing room. That's part of having generosity of spirit, understanding that a man is different than a woman and his needs, his emotional needs are different than a woman's. He wants deep emotional connection. He wants a woman that he can talk to, that he can open up to, who won't judge him or try to fix him or see him as the identified patient if he does share something. A woman who can listen and create that safe space and say, is there anything you need from me? And who can then take a deep breath and give him the space he needs when he needs it. It's also very important to understand that when a man makes a request, when he asks for something, take him at face value. If a man says, like my husband did, that he doesn't like surprise parties, take that at face value. Don't think that it's a good thing to then go and surprise <laughs> your husband because, oh, you know, he really will love it. And don't think it's cute to do it when he says that that's not what he's looking for. Respect him. Respect his wishes. Don't have somebody come, you know, to the table and sing him happy birthday if he's told you that that doesn't make him happy, right? Or if he needs some time to decompress in front of the television or just work on the computer or my husband, Benjamin, when he's had a long day, he just needs to go in the kitchen and be able to eat, you know, and, and eat something without being disturbed. So if I walk in the kitchen and I see him in there and I know he's had a really long day, I don't have to say a word. I will just see him. I'll see the look on his face and I will just walk the other way because I know that that is something he needs. That is generosity of spirit. Not always needing to get my needs met and make it about me, but knowing, knowing 
that it has to be about him sometimes, that he has to get his needs met in this relationship just like I do. And I'm going to tell you that out in the dating world as a woman who's dating, you do need to be willing to create that feeling of generosity of spirit that a man can feel, just like you're looking for that from a man. You want a man who's going to sit and listen to you. If you have something on your mind, you want a man who will listen with compassion, who's going to stop what he's doing, who's going to give you his full attention, who's going to be empathetic. You want a man who's going to understand your need to feel special, who's going to be generous and bring you flowers or plan a date on Valentine's Day or your birthday. A man who's thinking about your feelings and not just sharing material things, but who has a generosity of spirit, who makes room in his world, in his life, in his heart for you. I think a lot of uh, relationships fail because people are not thinking about what their partner really needs on a mental, emotional, and spiritual level. And these are really the deepest and most significant parts of getting our needs met while we're dating and while we're in a romantic relationship. So it's very important. I check in with my husband all the time. Babe, how are you doing? Is there anything I can do for you? Is there anything you need from me? I also understand a man's relationship to sex. And this is something that so many women don't get. I remember I had a client years and years ago, and she had a really, really handsome guy that she was into. They wound up getting married. And this man, one of his biggest struggles was the fact that he was going to have to give up his sexual freedom for her. And he really struggled with it. It was a huge thing for him. Huge. He was an incredibly attractive guy. I think he was a few years younger than her. He had a very, very, very big libido. And he struggled with this. Now, I'm not saying that she didn't have every right to want a monogamous relationship. But what was missing in their relationship was compassion for what he was going through, for his struggle with this because it was a huge struggle for him. And I am not saying that she needed to agree to a non-monogamous relationship that never would have worked for her. But it was almost as if when, when she talked that it was like, this is how it is. This is what, you know, this is it. This is how it goes. This is the right thing. And this is what happens in a marriage. And there was almost like a sense of entitlement. It was almost like a sense of entitlement. And that just drove a wedge between them because he was willing to give this up for her, but he wanted her to understand how hard it was for him and the sacrifice that he was making and that he was willing to do it, that he loved her, but that it was a 
huge sacrifice for him. It was something that he, as a man, was really struggling with, giving up his sexual freedom. And a little compassion from her would have gone a long, long way. It would have gone a long way. So again, that is generosity of spirit. That is saying, babe, I know, I know, I hear how hard it is for you to be monogamous, that this is really a stretch for you. And I see that this is something that is a challenge. And I want you to know that I understand. I understand. And as a woman, it would be the greatest gift in the world to me that you would be willing to do this for me and for us. And I can't tell you what it means to me. And in doing that, what you give me is a sense of freedom, a sense of safety, a sense of being cherished and adored by you. And I promise you in return, I will be the most wonderful sexual partner. I will be there for you. You know, together we will make our sex life fun and exciting, but I will hold up my end of the bargain too if you make this commitment to me. So that's what that would have looked like instead of her having a sense of entitlement, like this is the way it is. And if you want to be with me, then this is how it is. So, you know, she still had a right. And of course, I advocate for monogamy in relationships. It would have just been wonderful if she had had the generosity of spirit to have acknowledged what this was like for him and what it's like for many men to give up their sexual freedom for us. So I am curious if anyone has any questions, if anybody has any comments about this. (laughs) So here's a lovely comment. Thanks, Lisa Shield. And men's needs are often different than women's. We project our needs onto them and think they need the same things as us. Yes, 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 yes. Thank you, thank you, thank you for that. That is so beautiful. And it is true. We just assume that a man's needs are the same as our needs. And, you know, here's the thing, like as a coach or even as a therapist, When we are working with clients, it is so important that we acknowledge where the client is. So whatever a client is sharing, of course you're feeling that way. Or I understand how you can can feel that way. So we acknowledge and validate where the client is. We cannot help a client move to a new way of thinking until we acknowledge where that person is right now. And then we're able to, once we gain that person's confidence, right, then we can start to explore other ways of looking at a situation or other options for the client. It's the same with men, with dating, with relationships. If you're on a date and you're talking to a man and he's sharing something with you, maybe he's sharing about politics or he's sharing about, 
you know, I have no idea something that happened in his past relationship and you're sitting there going, oh my God, you know, but you've got to say to him, wow, thank you for sharing that. And I can really understand why you felt that way. If you don't validate someone's feelings, then they will not be able to go somewhere else with you. They won't be able to hear your perspective. You've got to validate them. You've got to really say, I can totally understand how you feel that way about your ex-wife. Based on what you just described, that must have been an awful experience. And then you can start to share your perspective. But yes, it is so different. So Joanne says similar, but maybe the way to meet the needs are different. Yes, the need, the way to meet the needs for men and women are different. Hey, Cordelia. <laughs> hello, hello, hello. It is so good to see you. Um, you said, I'm the one who wants my sexual autonomy after two marriages. Cordelia, I get that, honey, and that's totally okay. You know, some women may feel the same way. That is totally okay. Maybe you didn't get what your needs met in your marriage with these men, and that's okay too. You know, there's a lot of open relationships these days. There are a lot of couples who are exploring non-monogamy. And, you know, a lot of people who probably thought at one point in their lives, oh my God, this would never, ever work for me as they've gone through marriages and divorces and been caught up in marriages where they didn't get their sexual needs met or where they were cheated on or lied to or whatever. There are plenty of people today who are open to all kinds of different relationships. And I think that that's wonderful as long as it's mutually agreed upon and two people adhere to the rules, you know, or the agreements that are made contractually between that couple. I know many, many, many people who are in all kinds of alternative relationships. And I must say that today, you know, because couples are divorced, they've had second and third divorces. There's all kinds of different ways of looking at this, but it has to be out in the open and both people have to agree upon what's going on. So I think that that's amazing. So any other comments? I'm very curious about generosity of spirit and what that means to you. What does it mean to you to be generous of spirit? We think about going on dates and we look at all the material things or the physical world reality, how somebody looks, whether somebody has a certain amount of money, you know, what's the job, what's the, um, what kind of car does this person drive? What kind of home does he live in? But I'm curious, you know, about this idea of generosity of spirit. I'll, I'll share with you something absolutely remarkable. So. My husband, Benjamin, is one of the most incredible men I've ever known in my life. And when we were dating on our fifth date, Benjamin sat me down. He said, you know, let's sit down. And he said, I want to share some things with you that I feel could be deal breakers. 
And, you know, I want you to know these things before we get any further along, because if any of these things would be reasons why you didn't want to continue, then I wouldn't want to put you in that position. And he was so, he was being so generous with his spirit because he wanted me to know these things. He liked me very much. And he wanted to really get to know me. He did know quite quite early on that this really could be his last relationship. And so he wanted me to know these things because he didn't want me to get involved if I might have any objections. And he had, um, first and foremost, some issues. Some He has three very, very serious autoimmune diseases that are just awful, awful, awful. And then there were some adverse sort of uh, consequences from his divorce, from his former marriage that he wanted me to know about. And he also actually told me how much money he earned, which was the sweetest thing in the whole world. But he wanted to just be transparent. And that, my friends, is generosity of spirit. And the beautiful thing is that I, you know, I I heard what he was saying, but more importantly, I saw who he was being. And I looked at him and I said, there is nothing, nothing that would keep me from being with you. Nothing. I said, this is, you know, you're the most incredible man I've met. And none of these things would be deal breakers to me. So That is a beautiful, beautiful example of generosity of spirit. So Cynthia says, to me, it means being open and interested in a person's soul. Oh my God, that is so beautiful, Cynthia. Oh my goodness, I couldn't have said it better. Being open and interested in a person's soul. Yeah, and wanting what's best as my husband says, being a guardian of someone's soul, being a guardian of someone's soul, magnificent, A+. Um, Emma says, thank you, Lisa. I wholeheartedly believe in generosity of spirit in any relationship, but how do you deal with a man who withholds spending on you and often forgets his credit card consciously or subconsciously on dates? One of his exes took thoroughly advantage of him financially, even though she had the means. So he is extremely tight with spending, which is affecting his current relationship. Never came across this type of encounter before. So I am lost as how to deal with this. Emma, I would be straight up with him. I would absolutely be straight up. And if it happened more than a couple of times, I would address it. I would find a very loving and, you know, I would just say, look, I understand that you were taken advantage of in your last relationship. I totally get that. You know, I can understand why you would have trust issues going forward, that other women are just there to take advantage of you. And, and it doesn't feel good to me to think that you may be bringing that into our relationship. So I don't want to pay the price of your last partner. I'm not her. And I really am looking for a man who is generous, as generous with me as I am willing to be with him. And so I would bring that up. 
I would bring that up to him. Hello, Miss Rain. I love that picture of you, by the way. I am thinking of the love languages. Even if you match, would you say, Lisa, that how you each want your love language to be met could still be quite different? Yes. You know, I think the love languages are very, uh, um, it's a great book. It struck a chord or it strikes a chord with many, many people. I think that there are more than five love languages. I know Benjamin would say that his love language is silence. He loves like the way he feels most loved is being able to sit in silence and just be together. And that for him, that's really his truest love language. And I think if we were to dig, there would be more than just five. And I also think that everybody you know, we may have a predominant love, you know, way that we feel love, but I think we should be doing all of them. I think we should be giving gifts. I think we should be doing acts of service. I think touch should be a part of everybody's relationship. I feel like words of affirmation should be part of every relationship. (laughs) Yeah. I just, I think they should all be there. And I, I think that really, if most people stop and think about it and, I, and acts of service, you know, whatever, acts of service, touch, gifts, words of appreciation, and um, I'm missing one, maybe somebody can post it, but I think all of them should be there. I don't think it's one or the other, or whatever, you know, I think he wrote a good book, but uh, when I look at the five love languages, <laughs> I do them all for my partner. Someone here says, when my partner is generous by addressing one of my love languages, I mentally put that on a balance sheet and aim to address one of his love languages before the end of the day without making it feel forced or obligatory. It makes my heart melt to see his spirit soar. Um, I think that that's wonderful, but I don't think that that should be based on the fact that he does one for you. I think that this should just be a free-flowing thing that is coming, that is just, you know, where there's a general give and take and nobody's putting anything on a mental balance sheet. I think it should just be the natural flow of any healthy, loving, flourishing relationship. And I see that it melts your heart to see his spirit soar. I think it should be done no matter what no matter what. I mean, I just do these things naturally for Benjamin. He does them for me. We never even have to think about it. It's like, it's as natural as breathing. So Vicky says, what do you say when a guy says he wants more open mouth kiss um, with more tongue, but he says that he really likes me, but that he's not sexual. But I believe that it is because he wants to touch me in ways that I don't feel it is appropriate yet because we just met. Um, Vicki, I think that uh, you need to let him know that it's too soon. You know, that you, and when you say that, when you give the man feedback on anything sexual, it is so important that we understand that men make the sexual advances by and large, not always, but often. And I do feel that it's very important when you do put up a boundary with a man that you do it knowing that 
you're, you know, he is going to feel some shame and rejection. Rejection for men leads to shame and men are very easily shamed. And so it is really important to do it in the right way. So what you would say to him is, I look forward to exploring those, you know, these things with you as we get to know each other better. I'm very attracted to you. And it's still a little too soon for me to open up to having, you know, to French kissing and to being touched in that way. But I do, you know, I find you attractive and I do look forward to exploring this as we get to know each other. So you want to give him the promise that this is going to happen, that it's not a closed door and that you're not sealing off that door oh my gosh, I really look forward to this. Right now is just a little too soon for me. I take a little more warming up than, you know, uh, some other women may. So just let him know what your boundaries are. Hold that promise that yes, it, it is in the future for you. And let's just slow it down a little bit. Rain said, I love that, Lisa, the idea of incorporating all the love languages into all relationships. I strive for that. And silence is definite. I know it must be rain. I would imagine, you know, just like sitting, a couple sitting in meditation or just holding hands together and looking out at a beautiful sunset. I mean, that can be a love language, right? Yeah, yeah. There are likely more than five. And of course, leave it to Benjamin, right? To come up with one. (laughs) So, um, yeah. All right, everybody. Well, this has been such a wonderful talk. And I cannot thank you all enough for all your interaction and for all the great comments. And oh my goodness, Cynthia, I really, really loved what you said, you know, that, that generosity of spirit means being open and interested in a person's soul. That was absolutely extraordinary. And please, if you enjoyed this, go to dwdpod at lisashield.com. Send me some ideas, some wonderful subjects that you would all like for me to talk about. I would love to talk about the subjects that you are longing to get more information on. Please tell your friends. I have girlfriends whose husbands are now listening to it. And please rate and like my podcast. I'm Lisa Shield. Thank you so much for coming on. Cordelia, I love you too, honey. It's so good to see you here. And you wrote the man I'm talking to now already calls me his one and only. (laughs) Oh boy. Um, But I want my cake and eat it too. (laughs) Being able to be with others also after two marriages. Cordelia, I totally understand, honey. I totally do. I don't blame you. And you know, maybe you will find, hopefully you'll find somebody who wants exactly the same things you do. Those men are out there and they're looking for women like you. So, you know, don't settle for this guy if he's not the right one. Find the one who is. All right, everybody, enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you, thank you, thank you for joining me. Bye-bye.